Welcome to the Amazing Nerd Show. Now sewing your spider suit. Strap in folks, the nerds have arrived, bringing you the ultimate nerd podcast. Nerds, the worlds of gaming, horror, TV, and film have collided right here. This will be your finest hour. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. All right, on this week's podcast, we got trailer reactions to Madam Web and What If Season 2, plus all the latest news and rumors in Nerd. And we're giving you our predictions for AEW's Full Gear. But with that said, let's get into the news. Every week, we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in Nerd. We're not mild mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. Warning potential spoilers for upcoming shows and movies ahead. Check timestamps to avoid spoilers. You have been warned. All right, up first, Avengers Kang Dynasty suffers a major creative shakeup as rumors swirl that the MCU might be moving away from the villain. Even a fair reporter this week claimed that writer Jeff Loveness is no longer working with Marvel. On the fifth Avengers film, Kang Dynasty, with their sources claiming that Marvel is stepping away from the Kang storyline entirely after all the drama and allegations surrounding the actor Jonathan Majors came out. It was also not that long afterwards where we got rumors of director Daniel Destin Cretton, who was attached to the project also leaving according to sources at Variety. Cretton is still said to be sticking around with the MCU though on a future sequel to Shang-Chi. In that same report about Destin Daniel Cretton having left the Kang Dynasty project, it was made clear by deadline that he would still be on to work on the Wonder Man series as well, with Wonder Man being a part of the now recently announced Marvel Spotlight banner. I mean, we talked about this before on the podcast that Kang, regardless of the allegations against Majors, just hasn't really clicked as the big bad of this new saga. Um, To the point where I thought maybe it was almost on purpose, like, you know, knowing the Secret Wars story that, you know, maybe it was just leading to something or someone bigger um, in like the sixth Avengers film, like after Kang Dynasty. Um, But, you know, I mean, I'm guessing just creatively and just with all the controversy surrounding majors, you know, they figured that, you know, you know, this might be the time to wash their hands of, you know, Kang and just move on. Um, you know, I mean, I think if it was working, you know, with Kang story-wise, they would just naturally replace majors. Mm-hmm. Because they do have, you know, the whole idea of variance with the multiverse of it all. You know, you, you could just find another actor to put him in there and just, you know, you explain it away with this is just another variant of Kang. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, other actors portraying Loki, you know, in season one. So story wise, it makes sense. But I think, you know, it's twofold. You know, you have the allegations against majors and you know, story-wise, it's just, it's, it's just not working right now. Um, so I, I can understand why they're, you know, trying to pivot, if this is true. Um, you know, it's good that, you know, Marvel's being nimble and being fluid and, you know, <laughs> they've got plenty of time to, you know, make these films. I mean, what, King Dynasty at this point has been pushed back to like 20 27 or 2028 so i mean they have plenty of time to kind of reshuffle the deck and you know come up with a new direction uh which hopefully is dr doom right 
I'm not saying oh, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Kevin Faki is listening. But I mean, I, that's who we're kind of like theorizing could possibly be the actual big bad of this whole saga mm. that, you know, we know that a lot of story elements that we're seeing in this saga points to Jonathan Hickman's version of Secret Wars. And I've said this time and time again on the podcast, so forgive me. But, you know, and, you know, the major villain in that, you know, story is Dr. Doom. So I would have understood if, you know, we're using Kang as kind of like a, a setup man for Doom. Um, and, you know, maybe even if that wasn't the original plan, that's, you know, now where they're headed. I mean, you're right. There's just definitely enough time to make a huge seismic shift on like what that next Avengers film could be. Um, I, I wonder what kind of villain they would replace him with uh, in the you know continuity right now. I know I, I I know we're talking about Doom for like Secret Wars, but I I still imagine that you have to build up a little bit to Doom. Maybe you have just one more minor villain before you get Doom uh, per se. No, I guess. But at the same time, there's no reason why it can't be just a two part story you know, kind of similar to what we got with Infinity War and Endgame. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a big enough story to do it, so. Exactly, exactly. And you're probably going to be dealing with a plethora of characters, you know, from the MCU and other Marvel universes. So, so it feels like the more screen time you have, the better to tell the story. But also, like, imagine, like, saying no to an Avengers film, but saying yes to a Wonder Man Disney Plus series. <laughs> Like, <laughs> things mu must have been pretty messy that he was like, no, I'm out. I don't want this Avengers film anymore. Like, he was like, I'm walking away. I'll wait for my Shang-Chi film. And, you know, I really want to do this Wonder Man story. Like, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. The dude must be a major Wonder Man mark. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't I, we, get it. It's unclear if it was, you know, his decision or Marvel's decision, you know, if they just decided to clear house of everyone, I could see that. Okay, got it. Because, I mean, the story I read, I almost framed it as, like, it was his choice to kind of, like, walk away. Or maybe, like, once again, he saw the writing on the wall and was like, I'm going to leave. Well, you know, I can. Um, I don't know, man. I, I What happened to, like, Marvel doing less projects because there's also an Eternals 2 story <laughs> like out there again I'm like no one wants any of this like stop well they were going to slow down right and then the strikes happened and they were like oh well we need to you know fill this schedule back up and like make as much money as it's possible like, now no you don't and like because I believe Bob Iger was out there again saying you know less is more when it comes to the MCU so I was like it feels like you know one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing <laughs> You're not proving it to me right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like we see the schedule, Bob. But like, that's not what's going on. Maybe it's Feige. Maybe Feige is saying, you know, like, yeah, yeah, some whatever. But I'm I'm making more projects. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of the aforementioned Fantastic Four, it looks like we have more Fantastic Four casting rumors. Industry scooper Daniel RPK got word from their sources this week that Pedro Pascal was offered the role of Mr. Fantastic for the Fantastic Four, and that if he signs, an announcement would be made pretty quickly afterwards. Along with that, insider Jeff Snyder claimed that Javier Bardem is currently Marvel's first choice to play Galactus. Though it was said that it may actually bump up against his schedule right now as he is apparently scheduled to be in Apple's F1 film. This has to be like the 200th like Fantastic Four casting story we've done 
since this movie was first announced. I mean, at this point, I think we were offered the role of Reed Richards. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, it feels like they're just offering to anyone like who's willing to listen. Um, like was like Adam Driver, some a couple guys from like Netflix series or something, right? Um, you know, the original like uh, John Krasinski, like it's just. I don't know. And even like Galactus now, like, right? Wasn't Antonio Banderas like originally rumored yes. for the role? So I remember point, making jokes about him being a giant version of himself. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, at this at this point, I, 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 I'm just waiting for the like the actual official casting announcements <laughs> to even talk about this. Like, yeah, Pedro will probably kill it as Reed Richards. He is the ultimate dad, right? So um but i don't know man i wouldn't be surprised if like next week we don't have another story of another actor getting offered this role so uh it is what it is i don't know for some reason i can't picture pedro pascal as uh, mr fantastic at the moment and for some reason i also see him more as a doctor doom even though i see him as a father figure in shows all the fucking time <laughs> i don't know if i see him as doctor doom i could see him playing reed though um but I just don't know. It just feels like I, I just assumed they were going younger with the character. Um, but, you know, maybe in this story, he's already a dad. You know, we already have the kids mm -hmm. and everything like that. So and we speculated on that before, because like, like maybe we see just when the team's kind of like right before the kids show up and then the sequel, the kids are there or something. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I like, get this. I, I don't think we even have a real synopsis yet. Right. No. Um, you know, I mean, we've heard rumors that this isn't going to be like a straight origin story, which I think is a good choice because it, I mean, honestly, like everyone knows the origin of the Fantastic Four. So there's no reason to retell that. Um, I mean, if you do it, like do it in montage fashion and get the ball rolling, especially if you're tackling a villain like Galactus, because I mean, I mean, realistically, like he could have been your big bad for this new saga in the MCU, if you really wanted to go that route. Um, and then, you know, if they're gonna actually use this film to introduce Doom, you've got a lot of ground to cover. So, you know, just skip the origin. <laughs> yeah, we, we all know at this point, like, I, th I feel like it's part of like the pop culture lexicon, you know, the origin of the Fantastic Four, you know, cosmic radiation, blah, 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 you know. Okay, we get it, let's move on. Yeah, and one thing we did get wrong was actually when this film was being released. Um, we thought this was actually getting released in between the two Avenger films. And maybe at one point it was, but with all the schedule shifting, it, it actually looks like this film was going to be out before King Dynasty. So that really does give you plenty of time to introduce Doom into the picture, if, you know, if they are going that route. Especially now if the rumor's true that, you know, we're not even going to have, you know, a King Dynasty Avengers film, that that might be an altogether completely different movie. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how all this, like, shapes up. 
Well, moving on, it looks like we have some news from the DC front uh, from a movie that surprisingly won't be delayed, knock on wood. Uh, we've got some casting news for Superman Legacy. Star of Animal Control and the Moody's, Maria Gabriela de Ferreira has been confirmed by Deadline to be playing the role of Angela Spisa, the engineer in Superman Legacy, who is a part of The Authority, which the character actually debuted in DC Comics' The Authority number 1 in 1999. Superman Legacy was also confirmed recently to be keeping its July 11th, 2025 release date by James Gunn. Well, up next, we've got a casting rumor for the second season of The Last of Us. Insider Jeff Snyder also claimed this week that Caitlin Dever of Booksmart and recently Hulu's No One Will Save You fame is up for the role of Abby in The Last of Us Season 2, who, if you don't know by now, is a significant character to the events that play out in the second game. Snyder's sources claim that her performance in No One Will Save You is what pushed HBO to seek her out for this role. The show is said to start production next year with the hopes of a 2025 release so apparently florence Pugh wouldn't take their calls I is that what not. happened here because <laughs> that was the rumor right that uh mm. florence Pugh was at least up or offered the role she'd be um, so good in that fucking role too <laughs> right right um i don't know this actress uh, i know there's a lot of buzz around that hulu film no one will save you uh it is on my watch list for you know the end of this year uh so i don't i mean Hopefully it's a good choice. And I'm not a gamer, so I, I know shit about the Abby character. So uh, I'm gonna take your word for it, you know, when it comes to, you know, the casting at the end of the day. All right, last but not least, we have an update on Netflix's Fear Street film series. Head of Netflix film Scott Stuber was questioned by Collider this week on the future of the Fear Street franchise, which he divulged a standalone sequel is currently in the works right now, though they are still at the writing stage with it. Stuber claims Netflix is looking into the whole of you know the Fear Street book series by R.L. Stein and the continued franchise's potential, as well as wanting to take a more aggressive approach to horror flicks in general, as popularity for the horror genre is at an all-time high. So without knowing much about the book series um i really did enjoy the first three films um especially the last two that came out and it was a weird release drop you remember that it was like like a couple months apart or something mm -hmm. um so with that being said I, I i hope that they actually bring back the director like if she wants to do it i, I believe her name was lay yaniak um because it felt like she had a real vision um where she was taking the story but that's also assuming that they're going to continue what they set up um what they kind of set up at the end of the last film because maybe they decide to go a completely different direction like i said i don't know much about the book series but mm -hmm. i mean even then you know i hope they bring her back because she, she did a great job you know they said it's going to be like a standalone film but I, I don't know if they mean that in a way where it's you know instead of a three-parter it's just one film this time you yeah know? i could see that i mean because like i said it was such a weird release like it really felt like more of a mini series than anything mm -hmm. so i don't know i'm just glad that there's more in the works all right, Christian, so this past week, we got a couple trailers to actually react to. Uh, up first is Madam Web. A week ago, I spent my life racing against time. I'm going to help you out today, okay? Trying to save people who were running out of it. Gassy! Until one moment changed everything. Come on! Welcome back to the land that we're living. 
I don't understand what's happening. I've been having visions. I knew he was gonna die. I think I'm seeing the future. So with like talking the news every week on this podcast, we pretty much knew the synopsis for this film and you know we we know everyone who's been casted in all these different roles um and we've talked about the fact that this just feels like such a bizarre choice but my god like actually seeing this on the screen i was just i was just like dumbfounded like just flabbergasted (laughs) once again at the choice to go this route i mean you know, like, I don't understand. Like, this shouldn't be that hard. Like, they have the rights to Spider-Woman, obviously, since they're putting all of the Spider-Women in this film, except for the ones that, like, you know, people actually care about, which is, you know, Jessica Drew or, you know, Spider-Gwen, if you will. Uh, but, like, they chose to tell this story, you know, the story of Spider-Woman through the Madam Web character, and like when they're, you know, we we saw like the the stills and everything like that, um, you know, behind the scenes, and it, it was like, oh, it looks like the version of Madam Web that they're using is actually the Julia Carpenter version, but th- th- Julia Carpenter's actually in this fucking film, so they have Dakota Johnson playing the older version of Madam Web, which is, I believe, Cassandra Webb, but it but she looks like the Julia Carpenter version um, and seems to be inspired by the the younger Julia Carpenter version. But then they have the Julia Carpenter Spider-Woman in this film. Although they're not actually Spider-Woman yet, if I'm getting this straight from the trailer. <laughs> like, Madam Web just got her powers in some kind of accident. She's a paramedic. And now, you know, she has an accident and she's now seeing premonitions. Um, we see her in a diner, and Ezekiel shows up, who's also Morlin, apparently. Like, he's he's very looking much after spider like totems. Um, I know I'm flying through a lot of shit, but honestly, it's not even <laughs> worth getting into. Like, I mean, the comic books are great. This just looks like horse shit to me. So <laughs> they combined Morlin and Ezekiel, who are two very different characters, uh, on opposite sides of the spider totem, which is just a thing in the comic books. It kind of inspired everything with Into the Spider-Verse, uh, but that's a whole different thing. But <laughs> Ezekiel, who's rocking some, I don't know, low-budget-looking Spider-Man threads, you know, I he's attacking Cassandra Webb in a diner who's trying to warn these girls, um, and he's, like, it looks like he's trying to suck the life out of them. But there's also a scene in the subway where the same thing's happening. Yeah, um, it, it seems like the premise is that he's coming after these four girls and she keeps seeing visions and stopping him from doing and it. And apparently know? they, he probably knows that they're all eventually going yeah. to be spider women, I guess. <laughs> they're on the spider totem. Um, and I... I I'm just exhausted even thinking about this. Like, I don't know how in the writer's room they just, it, it's like they took all these storylines from the comics and just threw it in a fucking blender and just, you know, like, okay, here we go. This is, this is the movie. Uh, they so wanted now- to do final destination Spider-Man and then they, you know, threw in all this extra crap. No, see, <laughs> Spider-Man, 
Final Destination sounds awesome. That sounds like a great concept, but this, <laughs> this is not that because this just looks awful to me. Just awful. Um, yeah, so she's protecting them and Ezekiel, we hear an overdub of him saying you don't know what they become or something like that. We do get some quick visuals of them in their suits as spider women. And I'm assuming that they're not spider women yet because is that what you got from the trailer? I, uh, yeah, I feel like they, you know, get their powers and stuff maybe later on in the film or we see them become the spider women. Because that just sounds horrible. Like, how are you going to have like four origin stories in one <sighs> film and they're all different versions of spider Web? Just well, all their origins are probably going to tie into Madam Web. Somehow. And they're like a team of spider women, maybe. Like, yeah. is that what's happening here? Like, I mean, the visuals of them all, like, Spider-Woman up, like, were pretty cool. But at the same time, this felt like a pilot episode for a bad, like, superhero series that's going to be on, like, the, the WB or something like that. So, I... I don't know. Like, there was nothing that I could really, like, hang my head on and say, oh, okay, well, that looks interesting. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong. And I hope I'm wrong. Maybe this ends up being a fantastic film and... You know, I have to race to the theaters to see it because right now I'm definitely sitting out the opening weekend. I'm going to wait. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me go to, well, <laughs> by myself? That's it. I can't make you do anything, Christian. Like, I, I like to think I can make you do shit, but like, you're your own man. <laughs> like, if you want to take a bullet for the team and go see it, then that's great. But that's what I always do. But I, um... yeah, I mean, you're, you're the one who's dealing with Sony's Spider-Man. Like, I'm not like it. Yo, besides like into the Spider-Verse, like, no, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna sit this one out. So I, I tapped out after the first Venom film. I don't know what it is. I always imagined this film was gonna be more like Madam Web is like introducing these girls into the Spider-Verse and like then well, we run into I just don't like, understand why I do all like these characters at once. I don't know. Because I know no I kind of shit on them before, but like Maddie Franklin and Anya, they're cool characters, right? They could stand on their own. Like if they chose to tell like their individual stories on film, mm -hmm. um, they would totally work. Now, one of the women, I, I totally forgot about this. One of the women, and I think she's played by Emma Roberts, right? But the character she's playing is supposed to be Mary Parker. Now, I think when we originally heard this rumor, we thought it was actually Mayday Parker, who is in an alternate timeline, uh, Peter and MJ's daughter. But Mary Parker is Peter's mother. So mm -hmm. I don't know if this is some kind of like backdoor prequel to like, you know, a Spider-Man film. Um, just once again, another bizarre choice by Sony. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't know. <laughs> What? Well, and then also Ben Parker was casted as well uh, as Adam Scott, which is the uh, paramedic paramedic that we see helping Madam Well. Oh, that's fucking Uncle Ben. Yes. <laughs> so Ben Parker is probably well. So Ben Parker would be Mary Parker's brother. Brother, yes. What the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what this film is. <laughs> Like, my God. Just... It feels like you're giving a roundabout origin to Peter Parker and like. Someone needs to step in and just take this fucking property away from Sony before they destroy uh, it. 
Well, they're know? hoping that it gets big enough so they can make spinoffs based off all the spider women that they've got. You don't and... have to do it all at once, though. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> They're like, well, we did one multiverse film and we had multiple characters in that. So let's just do that every movie now. Yeah, we still have to we we still have to deal with the fucking Craven film that's supposed to be coming out next year, yes. too. Oh, man. What a mess. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not seeing this. You're alone. Open weekend, man. That's that's all on you, man. That's all you. But anyway, well, what are you seeing this, Christian? Uh, this is scheduled to come out February 14th of next year. Well, Godspeed, Christian. All right. So on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, we also got a trailer for season two of What If? You thought the story was over. But it was only just beginning. I don't do sequels. Normally. But things have gotten a little twisted in the multiverse. So as a big fan of the first season, I thought this trailer was pretty fucking amazing. Um, Like we knew this was coming out, but, you know, and I guess I just wasn't that excited for it because we haven't really seen much besides you know character stills and you know a couple early toy releases but mm-hmm. like actually getting the trailer and everything like that i i can't wait for this i mean i forgot like how much i love the animation you know for this series um and like we open up with like an avengers team i guess from the 80s um we see hank pym ant-man uh we see t'challa's father you know as black panther um, there's another person with like an Ant-Man like suit. I don't know who that's supposed to be. Oh, it's um, like it's giant. Oh man. Oh, got you. That makes sense, right? Um, mm. cuz he's introduced in uh one of the Ant-Man films. So, um Ben Foster, I'm guessing. And we also see a different version of Captain Marvel. So, um I'm not quite sure who that's supposed to be. Uh but Regardless, it looks like they're going after a child who is incredibly superpowered. So when we do get a good look at the kid and we see his eyes flashing white, you know, my mind jumped right away to like this possibly being the Beyonder. But you were telling me that that's not the case, probably. Um, there's a like a leaked list of all the like names of the episodes, and it seems like that might be Peter Quill, like fully embracing the powers of uh, his father. His father, yeah. Okay. Um, that's interesting. So, like, this is just like a younger Peter Quill back on Earth, then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's. I mean, I'm curious. You know where that story goes, um, and why he, you know, or how he got back to Earth. Because, I mean, he even pulls the uh, the raccoon to him as like a little little Easter egg. Oh, got you. Got you. Mm-hmm. And later on in the uh, trailer, we see a souped up uh, rocket raccoon uh, with giant cannons. Um, and, and, and we actually get a lot of Guardians in this trailer because we see Nebula yes. and we also see Gamora. And Gamora looks like she's in the middle of a race like Mad Max style. Uh, with the Grandmaster and, you know, other, like, Marvel characters. I think Tony is part of the race. 
case. <laughs> yeah, I have at least one pod racing episode, right? Like, <laughs> how dare you? Like, I go Mad Max, and you're such a fucking prequel kid that you go straight to fucking pod racing. <laughs> you make me sick. Uh, <laughs> how dare you besmirch Marvel with pod racing? Um, but yeah, no, I. <laughs> it looked fantastic. Whatever the hell was going on there. So um, we also see Hela right after the moment, uh, you know, we get with the you know, 1980s version of the Avengers seemingly like walking towards an army. I don't know if she's about to take them all on or, you know, that's like her new army. Um, we we get a lot. Or we also get a moment that looks like it's directly from Infinity War with uh, Steve facing off against Thanos. Um, I, I have no idea where that's all headed. Um, we see a bearded Hulk and, uh, also what I'm guessing is the variant version of Dr. Strange from the last season of what if the way the trailers put together, it feels like he's coming to see Kahori. Uh, yes. Who we actually see at the end of this trailer. Um, she's actually a character created, uh, for this series. Um, and also, I believe in the name of like Synergy, they um, just had her debut in the comics or they're about to have her debut in the comics. Uh, but she she looks like she's going to be playing a really big role in this season. You mentioned Hela earlier, but it looks like she's working with the Mandarin to fight um, Odin at near the end of the trailer, which is kind of wild. With the oh, Tenerys. really? Like, it I looks saw like that Hela with her hair pulled back because I did see a, a shot of like Shang-Chi's mom. Um, and I wasn't sure if that was the Mandarin with her, but I guess something must must go down where they face off against Odin and his army. Because I'm wondering if this is a version of Hela who's still leading uh, Odin's army. And then maybe he's trying to take over for herself. Maybe. There's also a point in the trailer where it looks like Ant-Man has a sword for some reason. Yeah, it seems like a bunch of the heroes are in the past. Uh, I don't know. Oh, really? I didn't even <laughs> catch that. Um... I don't know. I, I'm here for all this regardless. Um, you know, I don't like the way they're dropping the episodes. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. It's like nine days in a row. They're doing like a daily drop. You know, yes. one episode. Is, like, what are we doing? Why? <laughs> <laughs> to like, make it harder for us. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't they know my podcast needs content, <laughs> you know, weekly? But it is what it is. I guess it's their like Christmas gift, supposedly, to us. I mean, I, I, it looks like Disney Plus is really experimenting with like how to mm -hmm. drop these new series, um, you know, and seasons. Because we also know with like Echo, they're dropping all those at once, like all five or six episodes of that. So, mm. um, you know, they're they're going the Netflix model. So, um, yeah, a nine day drop just feels bizarre to me, though. So, it's very odd. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, we know that we're getting like a holiday themed episode, right? Because there's a lot of like Christmas visuals like in this yeah, trailer. It'll be the episode that we didn't get in the first season for Iron Man. Oh, is that what it is? Because, yeah, we have Happy in like a, a vent or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, John McClaning it. Yes, yes. <laughs> but anyway, this looks like a good time. I'm, you know, wondering if this is going to actually have somehow tie into the multiverse saga, or if this is just going to be like a multiverse story adjacent to everything else that's going on in the MCU proper. Um, that's kind of how the first season, you know, really don't, was. Don't get me started on the multiverse and you know how confused I am with the Watcher and uh -huh. like what happened in Loki and like 
yeah. how does that all play together and because like honestly like we should ha- we should have got like a visual at the end of loki with the watcher like looking uh-huh. over his shoulder right because that is a pretty big fucking moment but you know i i get it but i also understand why you don't want to open up that can of worms um it's just so funny because it, you know when they originally announced that like this saga was going to be all about the multiverse we just kind of assumed that all these different like multiversal projects would tie together somehow but you know at this point everything just feels so like loosely tethered you know to the point where it feels like just everyone's kind of like telling their own like multiverse story so i am kind of hoping that they start to tighten things up a little and the next like couple films and series, you know, for this all to kind of like make sense or at least, you know, to the point where we could kind of like map things out a little. I mean, that might be asking too much. <laughs> it has to start making sense at some point if they're going to do Secret Wars. So anyway, when, when is this coming out, Christian? Um, it starts on December 22nd. And now it's time for Christian's Corner. This week in gaming, Warner Brothers Games dropped a 15 minute or so video as the first of their new Spotlight series on the Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League, a game that has definitely gotten a ton of flack after its less than stellar gameplay debut. Um, This breakdown featured a deeper look into the story elements of the game while still giving more gameplay. Um, It really felt like the marketing team kind of skirted around the live service elements and poor menu design that that really concerned a lot of players which in my eyes was you know the right move as rocksteady knows how to make a decent story game that's what they achieved with you know the arkham franchise the first gameplay trailer did very little to show how the characters actually differed in ability and felt more like i was watching a fortnite video than something i would expect from this same team that did those batman games it's clear that they polished up a bit here you know the traversal in, in metropolis actually doesn't look half bad and now with some you know tempered expectations i will say there are plenty of elements of the gameplay that at least looked fun. I will say fighting was still shown less than anything else and it's still kind of a concern for me but I was charmed by the dialogue and story elements that we were able to see so far. This way of showing off the game is definitely extremely controlled. They are doing you know they're dodging bullets like Neo here but if they are able to you know be as transparent as possible and give people an accurate depiction in you know the next few episodes of what the live service elements are going to look like, how they're going to affect the actual game then maybe they can pull in some goodwill but the overall narrative online still feels heavily negative against the game i know i was you know put off a lot by that first trailer but i'm willing to take a kind of wait and see approach with the game i just fear it's going to end up going down that same hole as gotham knights Um, we heard recently that warner is you know all in on live service gaming wanting to stretch the longevity of games and make as much profit as possible with continued updates. But consumers have proven time and time again over the last few years, the game has to be fucking great to hold an audience. Like not everything can reach the levels of GTA Online or Destiny in popularity and many live service games get shut down pretty quickly after launch because of this. So it's a little surprising that Warner Brothers Games hasn't rethought this strategy, but at the same time, it's Warner and they're 
they aren't really doing that great lately after the you know strikes and everything else that has been going on so they're definitely you know starving for some wins here but um in other gaming news psn accidentally leaked the last of us part 2 remaster was on the way naughty dog getting ahead of this you know would go ahead and confirm that the remaster would be coming january 19th 2024 which would include some lost levels a guitar free play mode with actual other instruments as well graphical enhancements dual sense integration and a new survival mode called no return that will allow you to play as a number of characters from the franchise many that haven't been playable before with their own you know traits and abilities as you fight in randomized encounters at different stages to reach the boss um, the game will be available for a ten dollar upgrade for those who already own the last of us part two as well again i think it's you know too early for another remaster in this franchise it's only been four years especially since the first edition is you know still pretty graphically impressive i'm honestly surprised that they didn't hold off on this until at least near the second season's release of the you know the, the show that they did as they did see a massive increase in sales with the season one drop and you know based off what they described this sounds more like a you know director's cut in my eyes but still it's a fantastic story that i actually haven't had my own chance to play through i've only actually watched people play the last of us part two like i've seen the entire story so i know what happens but maybe this is my chance to pick up part two and finally play it so you know we'll see if i do that on stream or not um speaking of playing games recently though uh there's been some major changes in my personal life that, that i've had to take some time off of streaming to deal with um so i thank you guys for your patience right now as i'm reevaluating you know a lot in my life and a lot you know with you know, what i'm going to do with your know, work and my schedule and everything else that's going on uh, and this is definitely affecting you know my stream schedule uh, figuring out how, how i'm gonna fit that into everything else that i have to do right now you know i might end up having to do more night streams and such like that um, rather than the usual like 12 1 p.m uh time that i used to do so just bear with me as i'm trying to just figure all this out uh definitely been a, a rough year um to say the least but go ahead and make sure to check us out on um, social media for further updates on your know, ans live but for now let's go ahead and move on to some wrestling why did swerve go into my house swerve because you are a coward you are a fraud you're a phony you are a worthless worthless waste of human life and you are a grade a dumbass you are dumber today than you were two years ago when your dumbass got fired and you told me you told me two months ago that you wanted to be world champion that you you we're the kind of man that these people think that I am, but I can look at you and I can see it right now. You don't have it in you. You can't cut it. You are not the man that you think you are. It's the reason your fiance left you and it's the reason your kids won't talk to you. All right, Christian, so this weekend we have AEW's Full Gear pay-per-view. Uh, this episode will be dropping on Saturday, uh, and the pay-per-view is a Saturday. But we're going to go ahead and do our predictions anyway, uh, because we are arrogant bastards, and we have egos to feed, and we want to see just how right we are. Um, yeah, my or, opinion and my thoughts matter, Damon. <laughs> Damn it. Or how wrong we are at the end of the day. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into the card. 
Uh, what's the first match we have up front uh, in the zero hour position, I guess? Yes, we got to go to the pre-show match. That's MJF and to be announced going up against the guns. Now, the TBA, I'm guessing, is probably going to end up being Samoa Joe. Um, Most likely. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and say MGF and Joe, uh, I guess, retain the titles against the guns. Um, yeah, if you bring in someone else, does that mean that Joe would have the title then, too? The tag titles? Nah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, usually, traditionally, yes. But um, I, I think Joe is going to be operating more as like hired help, if you will. Hmm. Um, especially since we know that, you know, this is all supposed to be setting up a, you know, world title match between Joe yes. and MJF. Um, you know, in the near future, which I'm part of me is hoping that's a TV match since we've already seen, you know, that world title match. So, um, like, I, I think it'd be fine, like winter's coming match. Uh, I was about to um, say that, yes. but you know, I, I don't, I, I just don't want to see on pay-per-view honestly. So, I mean, they did, I mean, it was a great match. I mean, but I don't know, I don't need a rematch. So, uh, but yeah, no, I'm going to say Joe and MGF, you know, keep the titles and, and this ends up setting up the match, uh, for Joe and MGF sometime down the line. Yeah, I agree. So then moving on to the actual card, we have Sheeta going up against Tony Storm for the AEW women's world championship. So originally I thought Sheeta would retain, um, especially since she just regained the title recently. Um, and I feel like Tony Storm doesn't really need the belt. Um, honestly, I feel like it's better that she doesn't have the belt and she can completely go even more unhinged. But now that they've introduced the Mariah May element to the storyline, I'm guessing Tony actually goes over here with Mariah's assistance. Uh, because, you know, it, it, during the uh, backstage vignette, um, we had Mariah offer her help um, to Tony. So I'm guessing that's where all this is leading to. I mean, it makes sense. And, you know, putting the title on Tony is not going to, like, kill anyone. Like, no, no. And she's absolutely, like, the hottest, like, you know, in the women's division right now. So mm. it's fine. And, like, especially if, you know, they're going to be doing this kind of, like, understudy storyline. Which will eventually lead to them feuding, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel bad for Sheeta, but at the end of the day, like storyline-wise, it it feels like it makes sense for Tony to go over here. Yeah, just based off of how over Tony is, I'm gonna go with her right now as well. Uh, I feel like Sheeta will be a three-time champion at some point as well <laughs> down the road. So I, I have no issues with this either well, way. Well, Sheeta if, is if she a three-time champion. Oh, she is? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then four time <laughs> in the future. Damn. You're passing that title around. Up next, so I have a six-man tag team match between uh, Darby Allen, Sting, Adam Copeland going up against Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. I'm actually surprised they haven't given Christian Cage's like group like an official name yet. No, they're the patriarchy. They do have the a patriarchy. name. Patriarchy. Yes. Oh, okay. the patriarchy. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Uh, it looks like uh, Ric Flair is also supposed to be in uh, Sting's group's corner. Uh, right. I don't know if we talked about this. <laughs> Flair apparently signed a two-year deal. Um, I, I don't need to see Ric Flair on TV anymore. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. Um, 
now it it looks like the energy drink that he's being sponsored by is actually paying the majority of the contract so it's not going to hurt like the company's budget but i don't think it's really a great look um you know and this is from someone who grew up a huge rick flair fan but Mm -hmm. you know with all the controversy surrounding him and everything like that and just i don't know man if he, I just want him just to stay away from the limelight at this point mm-hmm. and just, you know, just retire, let it go. You know, I mean, he just did interviews saying he still wants to die in the ring. So oh, I, I don't feel like he's going to. Well, hopefully Tony stop. doesn't let him wrestle. That's all. Oh, yeah. That's all. Jesus Christ. It shouldn't be anything more than him being like, you know, just ringside for sting matches. That's it. That's all I really I, I could see him doing yes i still feel like he's gonna end up turning on sting at some point but yes uh you know that i mean i don't want that to lead to a sting versus flair match (laughs) or anything but (laughs) i mean i just feel like if flair's gonna be part of you know sting's you know final tour or whatever like that it has to end with flair turning on sting um you know that, that that's just the perfect bow to their story so and of course then sting jumps off the rafters onto rick flair and just kills the old man <laughs> puts him out of his misery i don't, I don't want to see that either christian <laughs> but anyway back to the match um i'm gonna uh, yeah sting darby mm. and, and copeland are going over here right and this will set up a match between uh christian and uh you know, Adam, I can't, I can't handle calling him Adam. Like it just, <laughs> just feels wrong coming out of my mouth. Um, I could see Christian Cage and them winning just so that they can prolong the storyline and build more towards Christian versus. But has Sting and Darby even like lost a match at this point? No, I'm I'm pretty sure they're undefeated. I know in group. tags, but like in. Maybe in six in trios? Man? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I, I'm too lazy to look it up at this point. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, is there a world where uh, Copeland turns on Stig and Darby and joins uh, Christian? Goes with his I mean, buddy? he's the ultimate opportunist, okay? Oh, God. He's the rated R superstar. I could list off all of his titles. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he's still the rated R superstar. He, yes. he actually I, I has the right awesome to that. that uh, yeah, he's he got the rights to that, so... But, I don't know. I, I feel like that might end up happening, but just not here. That could be Ric Flair's heel moment, where, you know, he's managing Edge, you know, for the rest of the storyline. Yeah, no, I, so I'm gonna go with Sting, Darby, and Copeland, uh, you know, getting the win, and, you know, I think Nick Wayne will probably eat the pen. Uh, I'm gonna I'm a have Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne win uh, with uh, Adam Copeland taking the pin. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Already losing on uh, AEW pay-per-views, huh? Is that his first hey, one hey. too? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Okay. Wow. That's a big, big prediction. Swerve. Big swerve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, a big factor in this is going to actually be Darby Allen's health too, because he's pretty banged up right now. Uh, supposedly he has like mm. a fractured shoulder. Like that thing that he's wearing is not just a gimmick. Uh, so, you know, maybe they need to kind of write him out of the story. So, I mean, your prediction might come true. You know, I don't see Copeland taking the pin, though. I feel like Darby would be the one then, you know, to eat the pin. You want, like, Nick Wayne getting, like, a quick roll-up pin? 
I mean, that'd be huge for Nick. <laughs> Up next, I have Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley for the AEW International Championship. Moxley. I think Moxley's going over. Uh, we had the tag match with uh, Cassidy and uh, Hook uh, teaming up against Moxley and Wheeler Yuta. Um, I feel like, you know, I could see Yuta and Hook having a match on this pay-per-view also, probably on uh, Zero Hour for the, you know, FTW title, uh, since we saw uh, Wheeler get the pin on Hook. Um, but... Uh, with that being said, uh, during the match, we had Cassidy's orange punch have no effect on Moxley. And afterwards, uh, Cassidy looked shook. So I'm guessing that storyline is going to play out here with Moxley picking up the win and, uh, you know, Tony basically resetting the table and, you know, going with his original storyline, which, you know, was Moxley as the international uh, champion. But I, I want Orange to win. You know, it's it's one of those storylines where I want Orange to like, you know, keep doing the Orange Punch until it finally fucking works. And like, I know he's gonna get his ass beaten for like thirty minutes straight in this match. Uh -huh. Well, I think eventually you're gonna get there. I just don't think it's gonna be in this match. Yeah. So I think yeah, right now, down the road. I think it's just gonna be like you know, Moxley has his number. Um, you know, he's in his head, and you know, we're gonna see. Cassidy like hunting after Moxley mm -hmm. um, until he gets his mojo back. So I think this was probably the original story Tony was going to tell until um, Moxley got injured and had to drop yeah. that belt to Phoenix. Well, up next we have Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland in Texas Death. Um, I'm going to go Hangman here just because I feel like this isn't the end of their story. Mm -hmm. Even though I'd be okay if it was. Um, but they really did a great job of just rebounding after kind of a misstep um, after the whole home invasion angle. Um, you know, last week we saw Hangman attacks uh, Swerve and put him through a table off the ramp. And then this week on Collision, we had Hangman cutting a fucking mean ass promo talking about him and his son pissing on Swerve's grave, which was pretty amazing. <laughs> and then on Dynamite, we had an amazing segment with Hangman standing in the middle of the ring right across from Swerve uh, with, you know, both guys not being able to touch or they'd be suspended uh, to the end of the year. Um, but, uh, we had hangman just completely dressing down swerve, um, you know, talking about how he's a child and he's a dumbass and how he's being used by Prince Nana and doesn't even know it and how he's going to beat Nana and steal his weed. And like, uh, he <laughs> talked about, great. uh, swerves, uh, engagement being called off and how his kids don't talk to him. It's like, oh my gosh, we're like cutting deep here. Uh -huh. um but it was a great passionate promo um talk about getting your mojo back i mean hangman definitely feels like the hangman of old um so i mean i'm i'm really looking forward to this match actually this might be my most anticipated match on the card um but you know i mean hangman is undefeated in these texas death matches in aew so i think mm. his streak continues um, but it's going to be a barn burner and, you know, this is just going to set up, you know, another match, probably, uh, I'm guessing at world's end, which would be cool to have. I'm all for too. I mean, this is, this is the kind of like heated blood feud that I love, you know, and I feel like only AEW can do right. 
Yeah, I definitely feel like this is going to World's End as well. Um, I, I feel like Hangman's going to win. I do like the idea of having Hangman uh, kind of have like his version of Hell in the Cell where he just always wins. Texas death right. that just keeps going on for years. Like that's his That'd big like blood feud match that like he's mm-hmm. just like undefeated in. You know, I like that um, too. I I did like um Swerve's response on Twitter, uh, you know, saying, you know, I pretty much brought Hangman down to hell with me. Look at the fact that he's not wearing any more sequins like clothing and like how he's talking to people. Like he's brought, I thought that was a really great response. Oh, I didn't see that. He didn't get to have any mic time. Yeah, I thought that was a great choice, though, to have Swerve just stand there. And he was still, mm. like, able to really put everything Hangman was saying over, like, facially. So, um, just a just a great segment overall. Um, next, we have the Golden Jets. That's Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho going up against the Young Bucks. Um, if the Golden Jets win, uh, they will get the Young Bucks AEW World Tag Team Championship opportunity. But if the Young Bucks win, the Golden Jets must disband as a team forever please (laughs) i just don't need jericho part of this storyline anymore (sighs) um he just sucks the air out of the room honestly like i listen and i'm a big jericho fan but i I feel like this is the program and the year really that you know has proven all of his naysayers like right unfortunately for me (laughs) um it just he just feels like he has no business in the storyline it feels like he's really just like a hanger on um so i i'm hoping to move past this story i mean this past week we had the big sega what the hell was it called christian it's the like a dragon uh the man who erased his name uh sequel it's well that's a mouthful uh um, yakuza game uh it's a big franchise it's been going on for forever okay well regardless it was one hell of a match. I mean, unfortunately, I feel like it's going to be remembered fucking for uh, Coda's bicycle spots, uh, you know, mm-hmm. where he's like barely tapping people with the fucking pipe around the ring until he gets absolutely murdered by Brian Cage <laughs> taking that fucking decapitation clothesline off the bike. Um, but there were so many just insane moments in this match. Um but, the, but that's all to say that this was supposed to be, I guess, the blow-off, maybe, to the Callus and uh, Kenny feud? I really hope not. Because um, that feels like it needs to end in the ring between, like, Kenny and uh, Takeshita. Yes. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Because this is a weird pivot for them to go, you know, from that match to the Young Bucks. And then Callus is not even, like, Callus' family is not even on the card. So, um... You know, and maybe they interfere here. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping the Bucks go over just because I'm done with the Golden Jets. Um, you know, the Bucks just turned heel. So and the Bucks have like put over Kenny, you know, and, you know, and a partner to be named later, like multiple times at this point. Right. Like because it was like the they lost to the Golden Lovers and they also lost uh, uh, Kenny and uh, Hangman. Hangman. Yeah. So, and I feel like there was another match with Kenny and the Bucks that saw the Bucks, you know, eat the loss, but I could be wrong. So, but I mean, I feel like it's time for the Bucks to win here and they're, you know, in their hometown pretty much, you know, at least, you know, the, their, their home state, if you will. So, um, yeah, no, I want the Bucks to go over here. Imagine you will a like full on bullet club style betrayal of Kenny with the young Bucks joining Don Callis. 
I could see that. I mean, it would make cool. sense unless you tie <laughs> all the, you know, we've seen the bucks with Callus before. That's the only reason why I would hesitate a little, but at the same time, you know, at least it would tie the storylines together. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if they're like loosely associated with, you know, Callus. But at the same time, that would be like, you know, a huge twist that they end up siding with like, you know, Kenny's worst enemy at this point. So but I do hope that the Young Bucks uh, win this match because I'm even more terrified of the Golden Jets getting the AEW title opportunity. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Tony, though, to do that. No, so. not at all. All right. Up next, I have Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart versus Sky Blue in a three way for the AEW TBS championship. I'm going Julia Hart. I think she's incredibly over right now and it's time for Tony to pull the trigger. My uh, guess is Sky Blue somehow helps Julia capture the title. Um, I don't know if, you know we get some big swerve where sky is actually working with julia or you know maybe even julia you know just you know pin sky i i'm not sure but i mean this whole sky blue thing has been a little convoluted for me like it looked like she was turning and you know joining julia and then she wasn't and now i'm not quite sure but i'm just not buying you know sky is this i don't know this this dark side of sky if you will I think part of it's like I have a hard time taking her seriously when she's wearing like Scooby Doo uh, themed gear? attire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're supposed to be dark and spooky. You can't be dressed up like the mystery machine. Like it just, I don't know, it doesn't equate. I feel like by the time that she chose to like not turn heel, you know, and the fact that she never got rid of the, it's still the same makeup every single week. Yeah, I feel like they're telegraphing that she's going to help Julia Hart in this match uh, win. You know, yeah, that that's my guess, too. So, yeah. And I mean, I'm happy for Julia. Like, she's definitely grown as a wrestler and she's gotten that gimmick over. So good for her. Mm-hmm. No, on collision, she like her presence in the not only the promo, but then actually in the match felt like a whole grade above than what we've seen in the you know past few years. of her. No, I agree. I agree. All right, up next, we have the four-way for the AEW Tag Team Championships. That's with the teams Ricky Starks and Big Bill versus LFI, FTR, and the Kings of the Black Throne. I'm going to say Starks and Big Bill retain. Really? Yes. Just because I feel like FTR needs to get their revenge against them after suffering such a devastating loss. I mean, it was pretty much a squash match, right? So I just don't see FTR winning the belts here in this fashion like a four-way dance i feel like that needs to be like a, a traditional rematch um so i i think starks and big bill just squeak by with the win and then we see like ftr having to like you know fight their way back to like number one contendership um and that's when we actually get you know them recapturing the titles because yeah, i was trying to think with like you know the young bucks being heel now um I couldn't see them going up against Ricky Starks and Big Bill. I could see them possibly going up against LFI because LFI just feels like the dark horse in this match. Like they're the least likely to win mm-hmm. out of all, all all the teams. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel like FTR is winning this time around. Uh, it's they could go the Kings Throne. of Black Throne. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they have a big storyline going right now, too. I mean, they're, they mm-hmm. are basically attacking all of Collision. Yeah. So 
it just i don't know it would feel weird though for you know ftr to get their revenge against starks and big bill without the titles being on the line so i don't know um like me personally would love to see the kings of the black throne (laughs) win the belts like that's my you know personal pick uh, but i think storyline wise they're probably going to go with starks and big bill still all right well, and I'll, i mean and you. that's not to say like you can't have like ftr regain those titles on like winter's coming or something like that and then you have the young bucks first ftr at world's end yeah you know i mean we do have like two big shows still you know coming up you know at the end of this year so Either way, I'll follow your logic with the Ricky Sarks and Big Bill because I, I just feel like this match is up in the air. I don't, I don't really know where they're going exactly. But last but not least, we have MJF versus Jay White for the AEW World Championship. MJF, I mean, yeah, this match just feels like such an afterthought. Um, I almost don't want it to be the main event. Yeah, you know, like. I agree. It doesn't feel like the main event. Honestly, I feel like Page versus Swerve is the main event. I mean, that angle definitely has more heat than this. Um, You know, part of it is just having MJF being targeted by so many challengers at this point. um, It really feels like they're setting up um, for matches, you know, past this match for MJF, you know, with Samoa Joe and Wardlow and you have a whole devil situation, which I don't even want to get into on the show. Um, so it, it really does make this, you know, match feel like just, you know, a match for match sake, just because we have a main event to fill on a pay-per-view. Um, you know, it's really not fair to Jay White, but at the same time, I don't feel like he's been doing anything to knock it out of the park either. Like he's great in the ring. Don't get me wrong, but his promos have been, I don't know, there. They really haven't struck a nerve to sell me no. on this match. Um, and I'm like, with that being said, I I know the match is going to end up being great. Uh, but, you know, and once again, like I talked about this last show, like I hate the whole fucking stolen belt storyline. You know, like to me, it it's just such a lame duck story. Like you like I don't remember recall in my lifetime as a wrestling fan ever seeing someone who like stole the belt actually end up winning the belt when they do end up getting a match. Um, So it just I don't know. It, it just really feels like a fucking afterthought <laughs> to me. So hopefully for Jay White, like somewhere down the line, you know, he gets another main event storyline and this doesn't like hurt his momentum and, you know, growth in the company Um, because I I just don't see it happening here, honestly. Like, I mean, I didn't mind the beatdown that they gave MJF in the final segment of uh, Dynamite this past week, but I feel like it was too little too late. Like that should have like been like how everything kind of started, you know. With really like Bullet Club establishing themselves as a faction to be reckoned with and and a faction that, you know, people have to take seriously. Um, I, I feel like they're leaning a little too much in the haha, and they're great at it, don't get me wrong, but you know, it's hard to take them seriously, you know, with with mm. fucking juice and the guns and everything like that, you know, just hamming it up out on the outside of the ring. 
you know, week after week or inside the ring, honestly. <laughs> um, they just need like another killer on the team, I feel like. Yeah. Um, to really like put them over as a true threat. So um just another couple serious people on the team and then like maybe do something similar to what they've done right now with, you know, the House of Black. Have them like taking over the entire yes. show week after week. That that'd be perfect. Yes, where they're a real threat that MJF has to overcome or whoever the champion mm-hmm. is at the time. Um it I just I, it just doesn't feel like Jay White's time, unfortunately. So it is what yeah. it is. But yeah, it really doesn't feel like the right time to put the belt on Jay White. And hopefully down the line, he gets, a, you know, another title opportunity where he does feel like a legitimate contender. Because I don't know, this this whole storyline just isn't doing it for me. But anyway, uh, before we go, uh, Tony announced on Twitter that AEW has agreed to terms with one of the world's best wrestler, a pro who is known and respected by virtually every AEW fan. Uh, Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the way things are going right now, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, And his uh, post went on to say that uh, they'll come to LA to sign their contract this Saturday at AEW's full gear. Uh, So we're going to have another contract signing at a pay-per-view. Um, this has always had mixed results, uh, unfortunately. So, um, you know, we had, of course, you know, the big one with, you know, Adam Cole and, you know, Brian Danielson debuting, um, at all out. Uh, but then we also had a few duds, you know, like Mark Henry and, you know, Paul White. And this was, you know, no doing of their own, but like Tony has a way in the past of kind of overhyping things. I mean, he even did it to poor Christian. Um, you know, I blame that mostly on fans, but at the same time, I think Tony, you know, oversold it a little. So even as like a big Christian fan, but with that being said, Christian, who do you think Hulk Hogan aside, who do you think is showing up to sign their contract uh, in the middle of the full gear pay-per-view? I don't know. Every time he brings up a potential like new signing announcement, my mind immediately goes to Mercedes Monet like every single time. Like I, I just feel like it's just going to be happening any day. But I don't know when her injury is going to be up, when she's going to be available to wrestle. You know, if she's good to go, I, I have no idea where she's at. Well, and even that. if she's not, I mean, she could still show up and you mm. know sign a contract, um, you know, and just hype up her you know in ring debut you know, for AEW, even if it's a month out, um, you know, obviously they're, you know, trying to hy- hype up this pay-per-view the best they can. And it's more about getting those buys than anything, but the fact that they're having it, you know, the signing actually take place on the pay-per-view. Um, so, you know, I'm not worried so much about like when she, she'll be able to wrestle. Um, now Fightful is reporting that people inside the company, um, don't believe it's Mercedes. And I don't know if that means that they've been told that it isn't Mercedes. Um, so, I mean, that could be all bullshit, but usually their sources are pretty good and they're not going to just lie to them unless they just honestly don't know the truth. Um, there are also people who are saying that it could possibly be Will Ospreay. Um, even though his contract is up with New Japan, I believe in January. 
But, you know, some people have pointed out the fact that, you know, New Japan and AEW have, uh, you know, a working agreement. So they might allow Osprey and AEW at least to announce their intentions to work together uh, in the future. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like, honestly, like if it isn't like Mercedes or a Will Osprey, people are going to be disappointed. Um, and I get it. Like he's trying to hype something up to get pay-per-view buys, obviously. But, you know, it's like, you know, what, like two weeks ago that, you know, major announcement that he made that ended up, you know, going over like a fart in, in church. Like, I mean, you can't keep on doing stuff like this to your, to yourself where you're overhyping things and then disappointing fans. Like eventually, like it's going to end up hurting the company and there's going to be blowback. Um, I don't know, you know, that because that it ends up being carny like shit and you don't want to be, you know, another carny wrestling promoter where, you know, your fans can't take you for your word. Um, so, cause I don't, I don't know who else it could be that would, you know, make, you know, big waves in AEW that you know people would Ronda get Rousey. really get excited for. <laughs> she is a free agent, um, uh, but at the same time, I don't think you know the majority of AEW fans recognize her as one of the best wrestlers in the world. No. So I mean, those are strong words to attach to the signing. <laughs> so like, <sighs> I feel like it needs to be a caliber wrestler like Osprey or you know Monet and. I don't know if Tony can deliver either one right now. So uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I'm going to say it's Osprey, um, but I definitely have my doubts. <laughs> I hope Tony knows what he's doing and he's not shooting himself in the foot once again. Um, you know, because then I really have to start questioning his judgment. If it doesn't end up being a big name, then it just ends up being promotional like malpractice. Um, but... I don't know, man. I hate to say it, but Tony's been committing a lot of that lately. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Because, I mean, like, Dolph Ziggler definitely doesn't check that box. You know, even though I think he's a great wrestler and everything like that. like Fantastic wrestler. But one of the big gripes a lot of, like, hardcore AEW fans have right now is the amount of, you know, middle-aged, former WWE guys AEW's been signing lately. Um... You know, before I feel like that that complaint was in bad faith because I mean, you know, before you know AEW was around, there was only like one big promotion out there. So of course, a lot of wrestlers out there, you know, who are free agents were former WWE stars. But when you're signing, you know, names like you know Adam Copeland and fucking Ric Flair. <laughs> to your company and a lot of your, you know, a lot of your main storylines feature, you know, people like Christian and, you know, Brian Danielson. And, you know, I mean, and I love all those guys, but it does look, and a they're certain, doing some of the best work that they've ever yes, done, <laughs> but it does look a certain kind of way, you know? Uh, so I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So you're, are you, you're going, your predictions, more, but your predictions, Mercedes? Yeah, unless they go Fuego del Sol, you know, coming back, you know, but. I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Will Ospreay. So I just right. hope Tony knows better 
not to make an announcement like this and not have it be a huge name, especially when like Osprey and Monet are, you know, out there as free agents. But once again, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Well, that does it for this week. As a friendly reminder, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, leave a five star review. It really helps new listeners to find the podcast and for us to continue to also, grow. Also, if you like the stories from this week's episode and want to keep up to date with the show, follow us on social media at Amazing Nerd Show or stop by theamazingnerdshow.com. And hey, to support the show further and get additional weekly content, you can subscribe to us now on Patreon. Just follow the link in the show notes. Also, if you want to rep some Nerd Show swag, you can head over to tpublic.com to find t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional Nerd Show swag as long as you live in the United States. All right, make sure to join us next week as we talk all the latest news and rumors in nerd culture and whatever's going on in the world of wrestling. My name's Christian. And my name's David. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show.